Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. Hope you're having a wonderful day. You're listening to or watching Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tersh Blissett, sitting virtually next to my co-host, Josh Crouch. And I don't know what that noise was. Quick, I'm start over. <laughs> yeah. Let's start, start over. Break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm super excited to talk to Ray. Uh, we have Our guest today is Ray Higdon. I met him at a conference that I was at earlier this year. And some of the things that he was saying, actually pretty much everything that he was saying on stage um, totally resonated with me and I knew it would resonate with Josh. And the biggest complaint I had about his presentation was that it was way too short. He only had 25 minutes or so. And I was like, man, let's peel that onion back. There's so much stuff that it was just gold there he was talking about and whenever you're at conferences like that there's sometimes it's just a fire hydrant and you're just trying to collect as much as you can but that was one conversation that i was like i gotta go deeper in this conversation and immediately i pulled him to the side and said hey i want you to come on the podcast the next time you have it available and when was that josh that's been a while that, that was end of may yeah our schedules have just finally gotten to where we can work together i don't even really know if that's the case but it's really been really cool. Ray, it, it, first off, if you watch YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube, obviously, please subscribe, but check out his channel. And that is a Ray Higdon. As you can search him or there is a URL also. Yeah, we're going to, if you're watching it live, it's on the bottom of the page. Otherwise, we'll put it in the show notes as well at the end. So you can check that out. He's got a lot of, it's not just fully like one blanket piece of content where just a rabbit hole into one thing. He's got some really cool stuff throughout his channel. He's got some pretty popular content on yeah. here too that people are really liking. And I, I love the fact that I dove into his rabbit hole earlier today a little bit also. And the fact that he talks about follow-ups and he's not in air conditioning industry. I want to preface that with this conversation. We're going to talk a little bit about mental health and that kind of thing, but he is in the trades. He's in deals with the trades or has dealt with the trades personally. What he says He's a man of action. And so I'm super excited to, to talk to him about that. What were you going to say, Josh? I don't remember anymore. You just kept talking. <laughs> I know I do that sometimes. I get excited. excited oh, I, was, I know I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you just a, a, like a brief snippet of what the talk was about at PondFest. Oh, actually. Just to share with everyone else so that way we'll, they know. We, uh, or do you want to get into that after we? Yeah, because it was talking about his life and going through hardships and Whenever I talked to John a couple of weeks ago, you weren't on the show. You were out of town at the baseball tournament, I think, um, in Myrtle Beach. But uh, I talked to John, uh, who is my life coach, one of one of my mentors, and we talked about things uh, just about relationships and building up those uh, five people that you surround yourself with. And the, and whenever I was listening to Ray talk, I was like, man, it feels like I'm having a conversation with John at the same time. It was, he's a mentor of mine. And we've always kind of really, it's one of those things where you, I'd rather hear an honest truth that's brutal versus that lie that's yeah, that comforting lie. That's But before we get started, partners with the show, you want to take it? You want to? Yeah. You, you hit, yeah, I'll go over something new that's going to come out with Sarah just because they're continuously adding things regularly. They are going to have an API release soon, which means Zapier in automations will be a thing. So you can bet <laughs> that Tersh and I will probably nosedive headfirst into that to find out more about it. That should be, he, Billy gave me a date for that, but that's going to really unlock some 
crazy potential, which actually talking about automation and follow-up, which is something Ray will probably touch on today, is going to be what that allows you to do when you have open estimates or you have open work, stuff like that in your CRM. Sarah is continuing to kind of push the envelope and get things out quickly, but they usually do it in a way that makes sure it's very thorough before they release it. So sometimes the releases aren't always as quick as maybe some other CRMs, but look forward to seeing that. And anyone that is part of Sarah's network, look forward to seeing that soon. Yep. And uh, company cam, if you're a technician and you're listening to this, I know that you have, if you go through your photos of your, in your phone, looking for pictures of your kids, most, most of the times you're going to be scrolling past lots of air conditioning units, data plates, water heaters, pictures of houses in general, company cam really solves that issue. So it's a digital media, digital asset management tool. Man, I could not get that out of my mouth. It's a dam. <laughs> Just call it a dam. It's a dam. But it's it really it, you stores everything in the cloud and you don't have to store it on your phone anymore. And also it, it keeps that metadata, which is really good too. For yeah. And I can tell you, so we use a dam for our digital marketing agency. It's not company cam because we don't do job specific stuff. We have clients send us stuff, but having a dam system is I tell you, it's way better than storing them on Google or Google Drive. Like you can do so much more actionable stuff with it. And if it just sits in your CRM, it doesn't really, it doesn't do anything for you. Like exactly. it doesn't help you remarket your services. Company Cam's a great extension of what you guys are already doing. Yeah, absolutely. Good job, Josh. You're all. Are you looking for valuable business advice to reach that seven-figure revenue mark? Do you want actionable tips to properly navigate through every business challenge you encounter along the way? Let Tersh Blissett and Josh Crouch be your guide in getting you to the top here at Service Business Mastery. Tune in as they sit down with world-renowned authors in business, leadership, and personal growth who share valuable insights about management, marketing, pricing, human resources, and so much more. Let their nuggets of wisdom gold guide you in owning a thriving, profitable, and ever-growing business. Here are your hosts, Tersh and Josh. Welcome, hey, Ray. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I was watching your cool video there. It's nice. <laughs> I saw uh, Brandon. I've spent a lot of time with Brandon Dawson. Good guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was a totally unannounced thing, too, at one of our events. He showed up, and we made a connection, and all of a sudden, we were doing a podcast live in front of a big audience for them, which nice. was pretty cool. It's a little different than doing it remotely like we're doing now. Ray, for those who don't know who you are, can you give a brief intro of, of yourself and a little bit about your background? Yeah, I'm someone that uh, I grew up, grew up with some challenges, grew up in a very abusive home. And at the age of 12, I moved from Indiana that was with my dad down to Florida with my mom. And I've always been an entrepreneur. Sixth grade, I was selling air. I was getting them for 10 cents, selling them for a quarter. And I was moving 90 to 100 a day. They actually. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. They initiated <laughs> that is a awesome. policy at that middle school. And sorry, sorry, guys. But, uh, but then I went, I listened to others around me and I went the corporate route out of high school, had my challenges in high school too, but I uh, went the corporate route and long story short, worked my way up to a pretty decent paying position. Uh, I was a $80,000 a year salary, but I realized that I was miserable. I hated it. I looked at my boss and his boss and her boss and 
they were all miserable too. They were making more money, but they were miserable too. And I decided that, you know what, I want to, I want to do my own thing. And so I had some friends that were making money in real estate. Now this was back in 2005 and 2005 Florida real estate, what could go wrong? And so I jump into that and I start killing it. Just moving as an investor, I was moving houses. I was buying rental properties, fixing flips and that kind of stuff. And then when the market crashed, I really humbled and uh, that was some tough times. I went through a divorce, I went through mm. foreclosure and I lost everything. I sold furniture, just, just got wiped out, got very depressed, mm. drinking heavily and uh, it wasn't good. And there were a few things that helped me to alter how I thought and how I dealt with stress to bounce back. And I built a training company, an Inc. 5000 training company, generate tens of millions of dollars online now, speak at large events all over the world. I'm speaking in November in Dubai for the Direct wow. Sales Association. And I've got remarried. I've now been remarried for 10 years. And life is very different. I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband. I'm a better businessman. And I've just learned a lot along the way. And I hope to bring some value to those that are going to watch this. Let me ask you, and it's been several months since you yeah. presented, but I, and so I don't want to get this wrong, but I, whenever you were talking, you mentioned, I believe it was something about the frustration that you would feel as a business owner and changing the mindset just your mindset from you know several years back till now getting frustrated or, or aggravated with things and moving towards where you're at now. Can you go into that a little bit? Do you know what I'm talking about? In your yeah, I don't know the exact example, but just giving you my take on it. So one is you have to understand the importance of emotions, that they're so important and most people have no idea how important they are. So for example, there are people that, that had something bad happen to them 20 years ago, 30 years ago. That's it, yeah. And they had this bad thing happen. And unfortunately, I mean, I've coached all kinds of people. I've coached people that were sexually abused, physically abused like I was, people that have just been through very traumatic things. One of the people that was on our reality show, she'd actually been trafficked. And you just can't get much worse than that kind of stuff. And so we have this experience and the end result of any experience is an emotion. And so you've had, you had this experience, you had this emotion and most people, they relive that on almost a daily basis. But here's the rub. The rub is your mind doesn't actually know the difference between you remembering something or it actually happening to you. So hmm. let's say that someone betrayed you, right? I had an employee, she was our controller. Yeah. So I had our controller steal $60,000 from us. And so if that experience happened, I had an emotion, wasn't happy about it, wasn't cool. And, uh, but what if I thought about that every day and relive that experience every day? And so literally every day, someone is stealing $60,000 from me. And yeah. I'm reliving that same emotion. How would I show up in the world? How would I talk to other people? I would not trust people. Very like, pessimistic. I, let me run your reference. Like I'd be very pessimistic. I would think that people are out to get me. And I would show up in that way in my state of being. And that and people can feel that. And that's called a vibe. People, if someone comes, I've asked this question to a lot of different people. And I said, hey, if someone came up to you and they were selling something you wanted, 
but you just got a bad vibe, would you buy from them? Most people say no. Yeah, probably not. And so if you have this traumatic experience or this negative experience that you're reliving over and over, you're feeling the emotions, you're firing and wiring, and you're reliving this every single day, you are sending off a vibe. You don't trust people or bad things happen or something like that. And what what many people have said over the years, what many of the greats, Neville Goddard, uh, Yogananda, Jesus, if you dig into what they said, you holding that emotion is a, is attracting more of that kind of emotion to you. Right? Yeah. What you're thinking about, you're bringing about. And so what I've learned over the last few years with some help, for sure, didn't come up with it on my own, but with some help from people like Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I'm a very big fan of, and I've learned a lot from him, the old older gurus, Neville Goddard, Zealand. And I've learned that when I have a negative emotion or I feel bad, whether it's a memory or a new thing, it's that's just drawing my attention to unfinished work. It's drawing my attention to, to raise a trigger of, Hey, you need, this is a lesson you still need to learn, or this is something you need to work on. And when I have a negative experience or I have a negative emotion, or I'm just feeling negative, then I notice it. I'm like, okay, what is it I want? So it's like this, it's like this North star, or it's a pointer to the North star of when I'm not feeling good, or when I'm thinking bad thoughts, or when I'm stressed out, frustrated, overwhelmed, disappointed, any of those words that are so common among so many, that's just say, Hey, okay. Hey, knucklehead, what is it that you actually want? And so I shift direction. I say, okay, what is my intention for the day? What is my intention right now? What is it that I actually want? And so it keeps me pointing to what I want. And, and that setting of intention of what do I want in my life? And you mm -hmm. challenge the holding on to that negative, the holding on to that familiar past. And so I hope that helps. Is that Well, so how do you avoid... Obviously, you don't want to make the same mistake and, and have another controller steal $60,000 from you. Yeah. So how do you avoid that happening while also not thinking about that constantly? Because I, I love what you say there, and I wholeheartedly believe, I agree with you, that what you think about, you, you bring about. And if it's so much so that, like, when I like as a air conditioning company, we were like, oh, you can't do that because it hasn't been done before. You can't do this or that doesn't fit into the status quo of our industry. And as long as you keep saying that, it's never going to happen. And then just by simply saying it can happen and it, and it will happen, then it happens. Obviously, you have to yeah. put forth the work and you can't just say I'm going to be a millionaire every single sure. day and sit on the couch. Sure. But Whenever, what do you do to make sure that you're still being protective, but you're not being pessimistic? Yeah. In that particular example, here's how it went down. We noticed a discrepancy and we, my wife and I, and we confronted her and uh, we're like, Hey, we're looking at the payroll and we see this thing and it looks, and she goes, yeah, you got me. What? <laughs> That's your response. Not even denying it. Like we're in a cartoon or something. Like, oh, you got me. And, uh, <laughs> and so this was the chain of events in my head. So first mm -hmm. of all, I was mad because I had given money to help her kids at school. She oh, had yeah. been in my house. She'd held my kids. I had, I, I first did a, I first was mad 
for a couple minutes. And then after that, I did a scan. Did I deserve this? Did I mistreat her? Was I not nice to her? Was I, did I blow her off? Did I treat her like crap? And I came back with, no, I actually treated her really well. Okay. And so it's okay. Number one. And then number two is, okay, what can I put in place so this doesn't happen again? And so we shift our, shifted our accounting practices to use, to just use a different system and where this just can't happen because there's too many eyeballs on it now. It's with a company versus an individual and it just really unlikely for it to happen. So that's that particular example. But let me give you something not so specific, but will be much wider. All right. Okay. And this was one of the tougher ones. All right. Or maybe even the toughest. So <clears throat> I remember I was in an argument with my wife, which doesn't happen very often, especially nowadays because I'm way chiller. But I was in an argument with my wife and so many times I this thought came up and the thought was, I'm not a priority. Now, that thought had probably come up every argument we've ever had. And so how does someone that isn't a priority show up? If they're not a priority, then they just shut up, right? Quiet treatment, silent treatment. Why even add anything to the argument if I'm not a priority, if I don't really matter? Yeah. Now, you don't have to do this level of work, but I've done the work to figure out where that came from. It actually came from when I was a kid. When I was a kid and being abused, family members knew about it, but no one did anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so I drew the conclusion, I created a paradigm that I'm not a priority, that I've projected on every relationship I've ever had in my entire life, personal, business, whatever. So if I would hire a, a digital agency, and so I would hire a digital agency, and then a part of me would look for, how come they're not paying attention to me? How come I'm not a priority? How come they're not... How come they're working on his account, not my account? Do you search and for that? I'm in an argument. Why am I not a priority? Mm-hmm. So that's something that when I became aware of that, and that's the key is awareness because we're on autopilot. All of those insights, all of those looking for me not being the priority, that wasn't a conscious decision. That was a subconscious thing. That was a paradigm that I was running in. It was just a program, an automated program. I came aware of it. I said, ooh, I don't want to think that way anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to constantly be looking at, I'm not a priority. And so that has you show up in a different way. Now I may or may not be the priority for somebody, but I'm not projecting that any just, and I have one more example. If you want one more example. Yeah, I do actually. Cause I actually, I remember you speaking about a young lady having a block that couldn't close deal or something to that effect. And whenever you asked about things, it, there was no no problem. Everything was perfect in life. And then you had to really dive deep. Yeah. You want to. Yeah. So the example you're talking about is and I actually it's funny. I was just Instagramming her back and forth, that, that lady. <laughs> and and so I've I've done a lot of live coaching where someone gets on. I don't know anything about them. And I just ask them a few questions and we figure out where, where they're stuck and what their problem is. So with this lady, she is, she's a rock star and she used to be, I think she used to be in some kind of TV. Like she was like literally a TV star. And so she'll get in this career. She'll do really good and just rock, just be amazing and dazzle everyone. And then she'll find something wrong and get out of there and go do something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so her career looked like this. Yeah. And so I know that's patterns in your life are what 
shows you what your paradigm is. And because your programs, they don't want to be figured out. They want to keep running because they're keeping you safe. Okay. They don't want you to figure them out. They don't want you to put them under a microscope and learn (laughs) what they actually are. They want to keep running. But if you look at your patterns, you're like, why do I have these patterns? You have those patterns because of the paradigm, because of the programs. And so I asked her, I said, okay, tell me about your parents. And she said, oh, they were great. They were wonderful and no, no trauma, no abuse. They were great to me. They're still together today. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I knew there was something there, but memory is a tricky thing. And this is something I've actually had to work on is memory is a tricky thing in that your body will literally block memories to protect you. Mm-hmm. And so there are things that I've remembered through hypnosis or through other methods that were very negative experiences that I had literally blocked out. And so I figured that's the case with her. And I just threw a little reverse psychology thing. I said, it's okay if you don't remember. And she, all of a sudden, and we were on clubhouse, so I can't even see her. And all of a oh, sudden yeah. she goes, <gasps> I'm like, hello, you okay? You all right? And it's like <laughs> silent for like a minute or so. I don't know if she's in a car accident. I don't know what's happened here. And she said, I just remembered as a little girl catching my mom cheating on my dad. Oh, yeah. And, and I was like, ah, I'm like, that, that makes sense. And she's like, what do you mean that makes sense? What the hell is that? <laughs> she's like, how does that relate to what I'm doing today? And she said, what the hell does that have to do with my career choices? I said, everything, don't you see? So as a kid, (laughs) she was feeling really good, right? She had perfect parents. They were together. They were loving. They're awesome. Nothing bad there. Everything's perfect. And then one day, and she was completely out of control. Her reality was crashed, torn apart, destroyed. So what is happening here? Her program, her paradigm is that she gets to a place where she feels really good. And then before they can pull the rug out from under her, because she's in control now that she's an adult, she gets out of there. And so, so she'll she find always her. has control. Always everything. in control now. Yeah. I was out of control as a little kid. Not anymore. I'm in control now. But the problem is, yeah, you're in control, but the program is driving you. You're not driving yourself. Right. Yeah. So she was and just she didn't in, even, you know, and she didn't even realize it. Say that again, Josh. Sorry. And I was just saying she she doesn't even realize that's happening. She thinks she, like she, she thinks she's in control and it's not actually it's something oh. that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago that that's is right. causing this. And and so might there be times she should leave? Sure. But don't let that be an autopilot decision that you derive at because you feel good. Yeah, because there may be information that leads you to leave something. I'm not saying stick with one thing forever, no matter what, but you just don't want the automation of that decision. And, and I went through that as well. My, my, one of my earliest paradigms that I figured out was I'll show you. So if someone doubted me, (laughs) if someone doubted me, I'm like, Oh man, let's go. Right. Oh, you don't think I can underwater basket weave? Oh man. I'll be the best underwater basket weaver I've ever seen in your life. I'll show you. I'll show you. And, And here's case in point. When I was like 19 or 20 years old, I told, I went to my buddy, Martin and I said, Martin, man. And he was like an IT guy. He knew computers. And this was, well, this was a while ago. And uh, I'm like, man, I need to learn computers. Cause I don't know anything about them. And he's okay. Left click. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't even know what it means. <laughs> That's how out of it I was. 
And he says this comment, this very innocent comment. He goes, wow, you could never do computers. <laughs> the next seven years, <laughs> I worked my way up into the IT field. I actually yeah. went to Redmond, <laughs> Washington, and applied for Microsoft. I was about to take a job for their SQL Server team. And, and then one day I'm like, I don't even like computers. Why am I doing this? <laughs> and it's because I had reached a point where people weren't doubting me anymore. Yeah. And so the problem with I'll show you is eventually you show them and then you're like, what do I do there's now? No, there's nothing left after that. It's well, what's the next thing? Exactly. Man. What so what, what am I doubted in now? What you're saying hits home with me because, and Josh and I were talking about this the other day a little bit, but I would consider myself what I would consider a wartime leader. And so it's like, when we started, when I started this business, nobody really had a remote business a remote air conditioning service business or plumbing. And so everybody was like, you can't do that. It's not possible. You have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to have a warehouse for everybody to come to every morning. And I was like, all right, bet I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then did it and grew. We grew 600% a couple of years. And it, then it's like, all right, I'm bored. Let's, let's do something else. And it's, I feel like it's pretty successfully completed. It's not a $50 million a year company, but it's done and it can be done by anybody It's operational now. and you yeah. feel like it's okay. What is next? And that's the same exact way it was with the last company I had that you couldn't make money by working in our industry. It's the mindset currently is that you have to do less volume, but high, higher margins. And the other company that I have is it, we only do property management companies. Like that's all we did. And so it was very high volume. Guys were running and gunning and low margins. And I was told that you can't make 15% net. I was like, right, I'm going to make 15% net and prove everybody wrong. And then as soon as we did, and as soon as it was automated, I'm out of there. Like I'm, I'm bored. Let's start another challenge. And it's like a glutton for punishment. As soon as something is running smooth, then I'm like, let's do something else. You know what we should have okay. done? From the beginning, when I said start over, <laughs> I should have known this about Ray, and then we should have had a live coaching session. Recorded it, and sent it out to everybody. That would have you're, been fun. I mean, you're you're about to get one, dude. Just, we got just, time. I'm about I got to solve all the time a for you right now. You started that that talk with "I'm a wartime leader." Yeah. If you're a wartime leader, then you need war. Yeah, need conflict. So you're you're literally saying bring on the war, bring on the turmoil. And so yeah. I would say two things for you. One, I wouldn't say I'm a wartime leader because I don't want war. I want growth, right? I'm a growth yep. leader. I'm a strategic growth <laughs> person or whatever. I want growth, not war. And, and number two, have an end in mind. Like for you, maybe it's, hey, once we grow it here, we're going to sell it because service businesses are very sellable yeah. to, my, mm -hmm. to my understanding. Yep. Um, they are, they but are I, 2022. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of my, my buddy sold, he did really well, sold his uh, home services business. But I would just always have that next, what is that next step? In the absence of intention, we get bored. And when we get oh, a hundred percent, that's exactly that's exactly what well. it is. It was you can't do a million dollars completely remote and not having an office. Oh yeah, watch. You can't do three million a year. Okay, I'll show you. And then it's like, all right, 
I, I this is getting boring because I never had once I reached those targets. There wasn't something else to achieve for. And I know that about myself. I, I did little targets here and there, but really started focusing more and more on the podcast and really away from that business. And Hey, Tersh, I got a challenge for you. I bet you you cannot make us the number one <laughs> podcast in Apple under the management section. <laughs> Wink. Prove you wrong. <laughs> sure. no, it's very, I understand what you're saying there. And just to not stigmatize myself in that thought process of I'm a wartime leader, changing that mindset. I guess that's- yeah, I would just think, I would just- think bigger. I would just, yeah. and, and money is one, as, one aspect of it. At some point it gets to where, okay, I got enough to get by and I'm doing fine. And so That's it's it. like more of what will you do with the money, right? Yeah. So one of our projects this year that we're making good progress on is building a hazard house for kids in foster care. And so thinking about what resonates with you that might be a charitable thing. doesn't have to be. But what resonates with you where at the end of the day, you say, dang, man, I'm really glad I built this. I'm really glad I, I did this thing. Mm-hmm. And so that could be like, I, I had an intention. I saw some friends speaking in Dubai and I'm like, man, I'd like to get hired to go over there and speak in Dubai and spread out there. And, uh, and so that, that was an intention. And then a couple of weeks later, someone reached out to me and they hired me to go speak there. And so I just think that setting of intentions, constant looking at what will make me feel good. And when you're a, when I was a workaholic, it was always next goal, next goal, next goal, next goal, next goal. But none of those goals actually made me feel any better. And million dollars a year, million dollar a month, million dollar weekend, million dollar day, like all of those things were great. And I'm just piling up these stats and everything, but none of them made me feel any different. So that is a, that's when working is actually a coping mechanism with you being afraid to spend time with yourself. And so now I spend a lot of time with myself. I do meditation. I do journaling every day. And so you got to, when you realize that business goals aren't hitting what you hoped they would hit as far as making you feel better, then you got to look at it a little differently. What would actually make me feel better? And so I'm not sure if that helps or not. Yeah, it does. So we're, we're talking pretty high level stuff here as a business owner. There's a lot of business owners that are listening to the show and they have employees and team members. Is this something that that you should even attempt to have a conversation with a team member about or like where do we direct like where do we go to to help team members learn more about themselves? First, it's you being the example. Okay. And so <laughs> I would not go to team members to get them. You guys need to learn about yourself. Like <laughs> You need to learn about yourself. Yeah. And, and so. When you show up as the example, then people say, I'll have what he's had. And by me changing, I've had people that people that work for me, people, my wife, I've had people say, man, what is it that you're doing? So the question is, how can I start showing up in a way where others ask me, what are you doing differently? Something's different about, and that's really becoming familiar with yourself. A very simple process. Cause I know a lot of people are scared by meditation and people think that they, cause they don't understand how it works. So they think that ah, I can't do it. And that's only because their body is in control of them. So step one of meditation is tame the animal. 
So when I first started meditating, two minutes in, I'm fidgeting, I'm scratching my face, I'm stretching, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm not meditating at all. My mind is racing. And then now I've done four hour meditations without moving a muscle. And because I've tamed the animal and I have to retame it every time. And so it's you telling the body, it's you telling the mind, I'm the master, I'm in control. But that's a little much for most people. One thing you could do right now is just every morning, I do this every single morning, every morning I wake up and I write down, okay, what's on my mind? What are my thoughts? And I just, I take a couple minutes, not long. I don't know if I have enough pages in a notebook for that. It gets better. (laughs) The more you do this kind of thing, that it gets better. I don't, I just like, what are my top thoughts? What are my top five, 10 thoughts? And then it's, what are the thoughts, actions, and feelings I don't want to have? And so I love that you mentioned that if we think about the thoughts that we don't want to have, does that not bring them about? Yeah. Bring them about. Exactly. Yeah. So here's the issue. What people have been, what people think is they think that suppression works and suppression (laughs) is still, it's still an, it's still a connection of energy. Yeah. Okay. So whatever suppresses, whatever you're suppressing, it's actually better for you to express. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I didn't feel like a good dad and me expressing that not to other people, but to myself, right? Me expressing yeah. that, Hey, I don't, I don't want to feel this way. And so what are the thoughts, actions, and feelings I don't want to have? And what do I want to have? How do I want to show up today? What are my thoughts, actions, and feelings I want to have today? And it forces me to look at the day before. So sometimes I'm looking at the day before and I realize that I could have been kind. I remember a couple, maybe three weeks ago, I was speaking in Vegas. And I remember I flew and I get to the hotel and the guy that works the hotel, super kind, super nice. I wasn't interested. I was just, I wasn't rude. I wasn't mean, but I just wasn't interested. I wasn't kind. And so upon reflection, the next morning, I looked at that. I'm like, I don't want to show up that way. You know, maybe that guy was having a bad day. Maybe he just found out his daughter has cancer. I don't want to be that guy that's just not interested. Check me in, dude. I didn't say that to him, but I could have been. Probably gave off the vibe that you just, hey, just check. Exactly. And so there are days where my six-year-old daughter triggers me. She is strong-willed. She's got a big personality. And there are days where she pushes my button and triggers me. I don't want, she shouldn't be able to trigger me. Yeah. That's not her. That's me. Yep. No one can make you angry, but you can allow yourself to be angry based out of not being in mastery. And so every morning I'm, lo- I'm looking at how did I show up the day before? Was I kind to my wife? Was I patient with her? Was I, how did I show up big on that interview? Did I hold back? And so I'm looking at the day before and you do that on a consistent basis. All of a sudden you're going to start showing up differently. Now, and, what, and so what that's a very part- simple few minute process. What part is it that makes you, that forces you to reflect on the day before? When, how do I not want to show up? Okay. okay. And so how do I not want to think, act, or feel? And that forces me to look at the day before and I scan the day. Did I get agitated, irritated, disappointed, frustrated, overwhelmed? Was I, did I get triggered? Did I get angry? Was I impatient? Was I not kind? Was I disinterested? Did I not play big? And so it forces me to look. And what I've noticed is number one, any of my negative emotions have become less, right? In the past, maybe something would have pissed me off for an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't have, there is nothing that pisses me off for more than a minute or so now. 
Yeah. That's it. I love the thought process or not love it, but I, I love the fact that someone mentioned this to me. I don't know the number. But there's so many seconds in the day. Are you going to let two seconds, something that happened? 86,400. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. And <laughs> are you going to let those two seconds ruin the other 86,000? 100 and whatever it is left. Yeah. No, it's a great concept, but some people have let two seconds from 38 years ago define <laughs> themselves. That's true. It sounds That's silly when you say it. Like it's a, I, my first inkling was to chuckle too, but it's so true. It is. Um, it is true. And, I'm, and, I'm, and it's funny because we're talking about this. I'm certain you start thinking about things in your life and patterns and certain things, but it is so true how you let these things affect Fester. how you are. Yeah. You know, think about I don't necessarily think that caused me to do that today, but it, when you actually unpack it and talk about it, it's, oh, you start thinking of things and remembering things. Yeah. I did want to get to probably the one episode that I w wish Julie wasn't watching. I was just going to bring her up. <laughs> <laughs> She's been commenting and adding questions on the live feed. I'm like, I can't ignore her forever. So this is, she just posted so what we were just talking about. So when you have, and I'll, I'll read the questions so that way anyone listening uh, yeah. She asked, how does it work for accountability of those feelings when you've expressed those types of negative emotions, maybe the day before and you're reflecting towards people you care about? Okay. So let me reread this. How does it work for accountability of those feelings when you've expressed those types of negative emotions towards people you care about, especially you will be shocked when you go to someone that you care about and you say, Hey, yesterday, I could have been more patient with you. Yesterday, I could have been more I just want to apologize. And so you'll be shocked. And I've done that. I can't always I can't always do that with everyone because like the guy at the hotel lobby wasn't there the next day. Yeah, um, yeah. But with someone I care about, I've absolutely gone to my wife and said, hey, yesterday, looking back, could have been a little kinder to you. And I apologize. I apologize. And, and this was your follow-up in the feed is like apologizing yeah. about it and talking about it or letting it go. Yeah. I don't make a big deal about it, but I just say, Hey, could have been kinder. And every time my wife really appreciates that because who does that? No one does this. It's just, ah, I forget. They'll get over it. And that's the problem is some personality types don't get over it. They hold on to it forever. So that's exactly what Julie actually followed up with. And I know that's her personality. If I do bring it, if I bring something like that back up, her feelings, it's there it's back it's the whole conversation again. So sometimes I am guilty of being like, mm, I'm not going to do that again, but I'm not going to talk about that because I don't want to talk about all that again. It's one level of accountability is you own, you understanding that you are not your emotions. You are the master of your emotions, but most people don't know that. And so no one can make me feel a certain way. Like people can reject me. People can be rude to me. People can steal from me. People, anyone can do anything to me, but my reaction is my reaction. I own that. And so I don't blame someone for making me feel a certain way. I'm taking accountability by saying, Hey, I could have been kind. I'm not going to them and say, Hey, yesterday. And this is the problem. Like with a lot of things get twisted that would be helpful, but they get twisted. So one of them is the, the love languages, right? Yeah. You know how most people use the love languages? They use them as a weapon. <laughs> yep. So they, they say, hey, I'm acts of service. How come you didn't do that? 
<laughs> That's not the point of love languages. Nope. The point of love languages is for you to look outside of you and be able to please someone. Yep. It's not to demand how you be pleased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's how it's used. And, it and is, so it, that's something that that John, my my life coach and mentor that I've mentioned earlier in the show, it, one of the things he brought me, he sat me down and we've gone through the love languages and everything. We we know them for our kids and everything else. And he was like, think about it. And your job is to feel her cup, feel the kid's cup every day. And you feel it by showing them their love language. And so it's, it's very, it's very helpful. To, yeah. If you do it the right do way for others. Yeah. It is damaging to demand for yourself. Yep. Absolutely. That's a great, Ray. I think that's a great point to end things yeah, on. It is Ray, such I, an amazing thing. before church closes out. Any of this type of content, do you have any of this stuff on? I haven't gone through as deep on your YouTube stuff. Do you have any of this stuff on your YouTube where people can take in some of this stuff and maybe reach out to you that way or through Instagram? Oh yeah. We have this kind of content on our YouTube and Instagram. Okay. My main audience that, that I serve is people in the network marketing space, but I, I serve, I have a lot of insurance people, a lot of service people. I actually have a funny story. I don't know if I shared this uh, about air conditioning. So back when I taught advertising and we actually did advertising for small businesses, I finished this quick workshop. I did an hour workshop and this guy comes up to me and he goes, he goes, Hey man, I'm in air conditioning. How much to hire you? So you won't work with anyone else. Exclusive. And I'm like, Oh, you mean like an exclusive where I only work with you? He goes, no, we do the stuff you're talking about, but I don't want you to do it for any other air conditioners. And so I'm like five grand. And he's okay. And so he made me sign a five-year, do nothing for anyone else in air conditioning contract, handed me five grand. I did nothing. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Probably if he said, if he said, okay, too fast, probably should have said 10,000. I know I did. I later, I'm like, I wonder what is that's that. That's that moment right away after you close. You're like, oh shit. I guess that was too cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't even have to think yeah. about it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Man, Ray, we really appreciate you coming and spending time with yeah. us. And, Thanks for uh, having it, me. It was absolutely. A lot of fun. So this this absolutely. is really great, Ray. Thank you. Cool, man. If anybody has any questions, follow them on YouTube and on Instagram, and you're going to learn a lot. I, I, like I said earlier, I was checking out videos today. I've checked them out in the past, but I was even deep dive. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to watch one. And then it's like, no, yeah, this is good. Let's keep going. And uh, so honestly, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Ray or Josh or myself, and we'll try our best to get you in contact with Ray. But thank you again, Ray, for coming and joining and spending time with us. And I know tons of people got value out of this. And thank you. If you're listening to or watching this episode, please leave a review. Um, subscribe if you haven't already subscribed and we look forward to talking to you again next week and uh, yeah have a wonderful and safe week we'll see you later we'll see you guys thank you for listening to this episode of service business mastery now that you are equipped with essential business advice from this impactful conversation, you are one step closer to becoming the successful owner of your dreams. If this episode has been helpful to your business journey, don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and share it with other owners as well. Visit servicebusinessmastery.com to learn more.